Alright, welcome to Seishura. I'm Elaine. And I'm Scuba Goot. And uh, so we recently had our 4th of July uh, in in these states of, of the United. Um, across starting the pond, off really good. if you will. The, the, the what? I said across the pond, if you will. Yes. Depending on yes. where you're listening. Yes, oh, I, across a very big pond, depending yeah. on where you're listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we kind of didn't really plan anything. We thought we'd do like sort of a freeform uh, kind of episode, which uh, I personally love doing because who knows where they're going to end. But I do know where this one's going to begin because I think that uh, we should just start off by talking about albums of the week. Just do it now. See where oh, things cool. lead us. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, so uh, what you got for me, Scoots? Yeah, so uh, this is you know probably the case for a lot of people, but depending on the weather, my uh, preference or kind of the music I, I am interested in listening to changes. Co- cock rock. It's cock rock for the summer. <laughs> but yeah, like so, you know, during during the winter, you know, definitely listen to more black metal. Uh, you know, as an example, stuff like that. So in the summer, I find myself <laughs> just I love rock. You know, riff heavy rock you know stuff that's like you know stoner sludge all that stuff and i recently revisited one of my one of my favorite releases from a band that i don't think they put out an album i I dislike i mean i think their newest one was a bit um rougher on the production side but i still liked it and it is baroness yeah yellow and green by baroness oh Uh, this was definitely i think because people like they they hit such a perfect balance between um, everything people liked on blue, like, you know, it definitely amplified the more melodic tendencies on red. Um, but at the same time, it, you still had plenty of, of, you know, the sludge and the heaviness that they had in the early EPs and whatnot. So when it got to a point that they had, um, they had barely any, I mean, there's really, there's very few like heavy riffs on yellow and green like you know technically green is like the softer side and yellow is the you know heavier side but i think that's even being generous like both sides are pretty pretty light um but i think they're really well written and i i I love that they um it's probably the the tightest double album in my collection at least i mean I, i i think there's very little if any filler personally it's just it's such a such a well-rounded album there's there's so many great uh themes and ideas at play and just it easily one of my favorite um stoner sludge albums etc nice um, I, I, i've really never given baroness much of a chance um but i i i think i kind of phrased that wrong I, that, that, that's to say that i sounds like i dislike him which i don't i just mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a single album of theirs that I've like listened to all the way through now that I really think about it. Maybe um the latest one was purple, right? Uh gold I think golden gray or silver and silver oh, and gold. Yeah, okay, so 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 purple was before that. Yep. Yeah. I think I listened to purple all the way through, maybe, but it's been a long time. Uh I, I just remember you really digging them from like really early on. Like I think yeah. I, I, it, it was like right around the time Mastodon started to kind of like take a nosedive, and 
and you like I just remember I think you bought like red and blue. Yep. And, um, uh, I mean, I was, I, I was trying to get into it, and I was like, and I just wasn't having it at that time. So. Yeah, I mean, I think they they really um, they offer more like the the rock end of the spectrum. Um, yeah. For... That that's kind of the thing is like I, I I feel like we tend to lump those like because I think isn't aren't Baroness from Savannah as well? Or the, like the, 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 yes. they're all Georgian bands, both Macedon and uh, Baroness, and then as well as Kylesa. I want to say. Yeah, I think they're all from the south. Like, yeah, um, from, from like Georgia, and so like for me, I was like, oh yeah, like they all play sludge metal, and they're all from Georgia, so therefore they're like pretty much all the same band, which is um not true. No, they're all, they're all all very different. Um, very different. Um, which which is interesting because I think I think we do we do kind of fall in that. You know, we're all guilty of it. Like we just genres that we're not super familiar with i mean um, even you can even be super familiar with i mean i'm thinking of like you know east coast hip-hop even like you know you, you you have an idea of what east coast should sound like but that then you have like you know shit coming out that like you know d- doesn't fit that at all yeah so, you know what you gonna do exactly um yeah so i uh I, I, I feel like, hmm, how to word this? I do not have an album of the week. Uh, rather, I have a single of the week. Because okay. I've been listening to this over and over and over again since you sent it to me uh, last week. And that is uh, Aerostar by Video Age. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. For, like, for some reason, I just I just keep going back to it and just pressing repeat again and again and again and again. Um, it's just such, like, feel-good music. And I just love it. Like, and it's... And the, 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 vid, the music video is just so charming. Like, it's... It's it's just like it's it it really feels like an adult swim sketch. Yeah. Almost. Once you said that I'm like, "Oh, that's so true." Yeah. Uh it, it, which kind of makes the, you know, I it, it's not to say that the music is like an adult swim sketch. Though it though, though it is it, it's its own brand of like weird 80s throwback in a way. Uh it, it, you know, I I still don't you you described it as what like um kind of like talking heads and like we didn't start the fire and yeah i don't know for some reason the melody made me think of like it didn't i think i i threw myself off or threw off the conversation by saying billy joel it really just the melody yeah. reminded me of we didn't start the fire it, um see i i don't see that at all like it, it reminds me a lot of uh prince's controversy album like a lot of like the sin sounds on that and oh things like I, that. I haven't heard that i mean they're they're, they're super indebted to like i discovered them Actually, this is one of my favorite discovery stories. I, I discovered them through a a blind listen episode with John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats. I forget okay. what the I forget what the channel was, but it basically I think it was called Dad Opinions with John Darnielle. Like they played <laughs> him a bunch of contemporary music, and he just reacted to it. And as soon as the, uh, the first song from their first album came out, I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is amazing! Like it just it was so." Like, there was so many bands aping, like, the 80s pop 
80s like synth sound yeah but they just the way they wrote it was so layered and textured and like there was actual songwriting there like, like there was sincere the, too yeah like, like there were there were there were depths to their songwriting the way that they layered uh synth palettes and incorporated you know like guitar and stuff like that it just was really well done so i've been I, i'm right with you i've been streaming the first three singles on their new album you know all the time like yeah since, I, since they've I, been I, yeah. I need to check out the other two, but I, I really want to review this thing when uh, when it comes out in August. Yeah, I'd mean, really, really, really love to hear your thoughts. It just, like, you know how much of a slut I am for the 80s, so yeah. I, I yeah. just, I, I love me that, that 80s cheesy synth groove, you know, just, ah, so good. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't usually like to uh, put a single as it, but I've, like, I've been listening to so much of that. Yeah, and it's it's so good to walk to because it's just like again, it's just chill. Like there's no like, and like but but I I will say like listening to the lyrics, I'm like, what is going on in this song? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really it's really interesting, and you bring up a good point because I feel like they they strike a pretty awesome balance between like being super like they kind of have that vaporwave effect where it's it's super like laid back and you can just put it in the background but it's still there's so much energy and fun to it mm. at the same time like yeah like a big big fan of these guys i, I anticipate this album will rank highly on my my top of the oh list. yeah i i i i'm just like it's that chorus is just so much fun to listen to like i, I was cleaning the house and listening to it on repeat and just you know really fun shit so nice you know I actually, you brought that up, uh, Discovery Stories, w- w- which I think is kind of funny. I don't know, I, 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 I just, like, I'm trying to think of Discovery Stories of my own that were kind of, like, hilarious in that way, that they just, like, randomly come across to you like that. I, I think, um, actually, Naked City's uh, Absinthe, like, the first time I heard that was, um, or at least I heard parts of that on uh what's in my bag episode with um mm-hmm. uh dave gone from uh, depeche mode um uh, it was one of his albums that he picked and oh, i was so really blown cool. away yeah I, which is like i'm like like now that they're going like dave dave gone listens to john zorn like, <laughs> fuck yeah dude yeah um yeah, I what was the other one? There was another one that I really liked too. Oh, it was it was oh it was actually Depeche Mode. Um, I don't know if you remember this. This was years and years ago when we were when New Comics was still in Salem, not at the mall in Salem. Oh yeah, um, that they were playing uh, Pipeline, and it was but but it was off of an EP that they did. I think that was like it was like in between um, Construction Time again and uh, some great reward. Okay, and I just remember hearing Pipeline and being like, just so like, just transported by it. Like I just never heard anything like it before. Yeah, and I, I still haven't heard anything quite like that song. Like it, it's it's a very weird track when you consider like the rest of Depeche Mode's like songs, like e- even like stuff that came before it. That's just like total cheesy tweeny pop crap yeah, yeah. That, uh, amazing still but uh-huh yeah <laughs> you know. i have i have one of those moments for sure with um uh, blasphemous rumors yeah like i, I think I, i've said this story before but um 
my this is like when I had the OG like the the first iteration of the iPod Shuffle they ever released. Um, and oh yeah, the the the, uh, the really tiny no no it's, it's it was the one like yeah it, it looked like a stick it, of gum yeah 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 I remember yeah. that so um, and my it mom just came on yeah my mom used to like put on like they would periodically put stuff on my iPod which is a little annoying because it had such limited space that sometimes I'd be like why the fuck can I fit like all my my songs on here because you only had like I think technically you could fit like a hundred something songs in there but obviously it depends on the you know. it took, yeah, because it was like but like ten gigs or something like that, maybe not even. Yeah, I, I've, I think it might have even just been one gig. Like it, it was, it was really, really small. Yeah, um, it's it, it's funny how like small that is even now. Like I, I I know I don't like like I think I still have my iPod Classic around somewhere, but like I do not have enough room on it for all my music now. Yeah, but the, I mean the, the the thing I mean. It was really, really cheap Christmas gift, and they, they didn't want to they didn't want to trust me with like a you know a full blown I don't even know if the touch was around them, but they didn't want to trust me with a full blown iPod. So you couldn't see the screen. I just had it on shuffle, and I remember Blasphemous Rumors came on, and I just was blown away because like it, it's just it, that haunting um, mm. kind of you know synth refrain in the background. Then obviously the chorus is is the lyrics too. The, yeah, and the lyric. Yeah, I mean I wasn't much of a lyric guy. I mean you know I've slowly over the years become more and more. Um, cared more and more about lyrics. I didn't care about lyrics at all at that point. You know, in God, sixth grade, seventh grade, like it was a while ago. It just yeah. he, hearing that for the first time, it was just it just absolutely gobsmacked. I don't know why you, you I know, chose that word, but there you I, go. I, have you ever had like the time like like where you listen to some lyrics and they'll they'll kind of resonate with you, but then you come at them like later on and they just like there's like a new interpretation of them for you that just kind of blows your mind. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, I think my, my greatest example, oh my gosh, let me, let me see if I can subtly reach it from, uh, on my bookshelf. One sec. <laughs> Hello, I'm back. Sorry. Um, but there's this one lyric from hot shit where uh oh my god they don't have the lyrics in here well that was a waste of dead space i'm really sorry yeah. but anyway Th- thanks a lot sky you just bored our listeners all <laughs> all one of them but oh. i'm sorry it's at least it, it's called how do you do and it's a really really great um kind of like big thick rim glasses type of synth box song like okay. you know it, it's you know it's intellectual enough for the hipsters to enjoy yeah, so, so, so it's basically a uh, freaking Ulver in yeah. the, 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 the whole album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there was one lyric the first time I heard it where it said, I think it was, a church is not for praying, it's for, um, I think, for celebrating the light that breeds, uh, that bleeds through the pain. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool lyric. The more I thought about it, I'm like, that's actually really deep. Because on 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 the one hand, it's just, you know, celebrating life itself. Like, you know, you're sitting, you can picture like the big mosaic mirror, you know, windows and pane glass windows and the light is bleeding through and it's really colorful. But at the same point, you know, it's, you know, obviously from a religious perspective or just whatever your philosophical leanings are, like you just, the light that bleeds through, you know, P-A-I-N. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just, I really like that. I thought that was super, uh, super subtle. Because I, I just had one of those moments, like just the other day, mm-hmm. um, listening to, listen to Billy Joel actually 
out of, oh, out of all things. I, I know. Yeah. Which, the more I think about it, I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm even talking about Billy Joel lyrics. Because, like, some of them are just so cheesy. Um, yeah. But the summer, the track is uh, Summer Highland Falls off of uh, Turnstiles, which is probably my favorite album of his. Um, but, you know, I always used to look at the lyrics for it as, like, sort of about, like, this relationship that's failing. Um, but... I, I've been rereading um, Shunryu Suzuki's uh, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, which is a great book. I recommend anybody read it. I, I think it's one of the best books written about Zen. Um, but it, I, I had this on when I was like brushing my teeth, and like it just kind of stopped me for a second because like there's a lot of like there's a lot of it that like I just suddenly started interpreting as like z- like very Zen ish, mm-hmm. like. There, there's this um, refrain that he goes that he repeats a few times that's um, uh, it's either sadness or euphoria, like for we are always what our situations hand us. It's either sadness or euphoria, and though we choose between reality and madness, it's either sadness or euphoria. Like I, I just found that line to be really interesting, because uh, it's I like. It, it 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 just reminds me a lot that that it's 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 kind of up to you to sort of figure out how to how to deal with life that mm-hmm. you know you you can either be like it's all shit or you could take it any other like it's I I think just just what we view as objective reality isn't as objective as we think sure I, I guess um, but there's another line in it I think it was. Um, Oh, for all our mutual experience, our separate conclusions are the same. Now we are forced to recognize our inhumanity. Our reason coexists with our insanity. Like there's just again, like like a lot of like, sort of talk of like just reminds me of like talks about like the small mind and the big mind in a way. If uh, if you're familiar with that, I'm I, I'm not gonna go into that. This is not a Buddhist podcast. <laughs> they probably shouldn't because I am not an expert. Um... <laughs> So, I remember. I remember when I like. I think we took like one. We did one philosophy course, and I was like, you know what? I'm a Buddhist. And then like I proceeded not to do anything Buddhists are supposed to do. This was like freshman year of college. But, yeah. You know, we all get. We all oh, get yeah. ideas we, in our we, head. We, we all get philosophical, and we, yeah. we we think we know everything, and then yeah. we soon find out that we know nothing. Um, <laughs> it's well, I I had a similar. I I didn't have a similar experience, but um. I think it was junior of college. I went to uh, the Beat Museum in uh, San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, which was a pretty cool thing. If if you're a big fan of of the Beat Movement, they had like you know j- coats that Jack Kerouac wore and like things like that, like Allen Ginsberg's organ and things like that. Just just tons of stuff like that. But um, the guy who ran it, uh, we were talking to him, and he was I I, I was talking about Kerouac because. Uh, I really hadn't read any Kerouac at that point, and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like he's like, he, here's the deal, you're gonna read Dharma Bums one day, and you're gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm a Buddhist, but you're not gonna understand any of it <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> it's just like the funniest thing. That, you know, the, the funny thing is, right now I have on the road and Dharma Bums on my shelf to read. <laughs> like I just got them like in like the last week, um, for like it, it's a 
I've been working on a, a project that I'm not willing to divulge at the moment about, but uh, it's somewhat related to those books. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a work in progress. Let's let's just leave it at that. Um. Oh, so you you sent me this this morning that uh, Ennio Morricone died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I actually, um, I never listened to a full, I mean, obviously he, he is just the, the, uh, I don't know. I want to say ubiquitous. I don't know if that's the right word. It just sounds cool. But he's, he's probably like the most important film score yeah. like, of all time. Yeah. I was going to say ubiquitous with, with Western music, like, like the, obviously not, not the, even Western, like he, he did like a lot of different movies. Yeah. But um, like, you know, like any, any American, like the one, 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 Wah, yeah, the, wah, wah. Uh, the good and bad and the ugly theme. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a, one of the most iconic film, um, you know, like film moments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like as soon anyone, well, I mean, I guess you know, it's kind of interesting how music, you know, ebbs and flows as different you know media changes because obviously westerns aren't prevail, you know, prevailing anymore. Yeah, but like but, everybody knows that, even if it's just a reference. Yeah. To it. I was gonna say, I wonder, like, you know, the future generations, because obviously westerns are not a, a common format anymore. Because, well, but I, 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 so I think one of my first encounters with that theme was was actually Jimmy Neutron, yeah. like when I was a kid, because like, like I think Sheen like references it yeah. at one point. But yeah, that's a really good point. Is like how, um, like, will it, like how watered down? Maybe not watered down, but like what will siphon out over time as you know animators get older and generations get older and there's certain like i'm sure that there's there's elements of media that were so common to um like our grandparents that you know were siphoned out to my parents and then you know the same thing siphoned out to us would be siphoned out to my kids but regardless all that to say that if you were born before i don't know a certain point like you hear that you immediately think you know cowboys in the west yeah, ranchers like, like deserts saloons yeah exactly like it's just it's so immediate and um, I listened to that, that score today, you know, just put it on first thing in the morning and it's, it's crazy. There's, there really is so much more to it than just that one line. I mean, that refrain comes up a number of times yeah. throughout the piece, but, and then just looking at his rate your music page, like he really did so much. Oh like, yeah. He, just, he was such an accomplished, um, composer and just that one album itself, Good, Mad, the Ugly was just so... There was so much more depth to it. There was so much more, you know, interesting, um, interesting music at play, interesting ideas going on, and yeah, just just hey, really, really impressed. Have you ever, um, have you ever actually watched uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Probably, you know, at some point, my dad probably put it. I don't remember it that clearly. Because um, it's a really interesting. Uh, I mean, so I, it's part of a Sergio Leone trilogy that um, Ennio Morricone scored actually every one of them. But um, I'm, I'm trying to look because they, they're, there's a compilation of his stuff that uh, that I really liked that I cannot find at the moment. But uh, anyway, so I actually remember watching. So it, it's fistful of dollars. Um, I think it's like dollar more dollars, and then good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. The theme to Fistful of Dollars was, is actually really interesting too. Like, and I, I was really surprised by it, even like when I was watching it. Um, like, his his stuff is very like idiosyncratic. 
Um, like, because I, I think, I don't know, like, like, you know, feel free to disagree with me, but, like, I, I feel like there has been sort of, like, this plateau effect of film scores that, like, I think maybe at the beginning of, you know, sound in film, you know, like, they were actually, like, really something dynamic, you mm-hmm. know, and, like, you know, Morricone, I, I would count Morricone sort of close to the, I, I mean, I guess closer than we are to the beginning of film. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, so you had, like, him, you had, um, I can't, I can never remember the guy's name, but the guy who wrote with the Psycho soundtrack, who is a distinguished composer in his own right, but, um, things like that. And then, like, just, like, I don't know if you noticed, but, but, but just the, the, these film scores that, that are just, like, kind of flat, and just, like, they don't really say anything, and they're really not memorable at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I've probably like if I looked on my IMDb page, I I've probably watched ooh, like probably around like six hundred movies. I, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can only remember the scores from like a handful of them. Yeah, and, I mean I feel like that's the song we talked about in the episode we did is that it, it is yeah. really really difficult to strike that balance. You want something... well, it's, it, it's it's not even that that it's difficult though. Like I I think that there's been sort of like this stylization that's been sort of happening that like you know because i i think what made anil morricone like you know so distinct was that you know he would sometimes play around with orchestra but like he had a lot of other instrumentation and sort of the way he implemented it was always in a strange like in this Mm -hmm. really bizarre way uh that that really just sort of made a world unto itself Mm-hmm. But then you have, but but I feel like most film scores nowadays. I I think it's started to change now with movies becoming a little more independent in a way, like independently yeah, produced. There's been a bit a run a bit of a renaissance in that regard. Yeah, sure. but but it just feels like like the rest of it are just like string scores and just orchestral scores that you know all kind of sound vaguely the same, um, and it like there is actually evidence for that because I I can't remember the exact name uh, of the term but it's called i think it's called tracking that um there are times when directors will film a scene and they'll actually already have a piece of music in mind and so uh you know sometimes like the composer who like the the film scorer who actually has to score the movie is just told to like make a rip off pretty much of that song oh interesting yeah so like if you look at um Tyler Bates's uh, score for uh, the movie 300 like there is some stuff there that is just straight up ripped from Gladiator <laughs> uh, and it's really interesting to, to, to listen to it. It, it like don't get me wrong I love the 300 score I think it's like a lot of fun uh, it's it's fucking badass <laughs> it's, it's, it's a badass movie I don't care what anybody thinks like dumb as hell maybe but <laughs> badass as well um, well, it's kind of interesting because I, I wonder how, like, I feel like they they feel like they can get away with that. And I mean, I don't want to say like it's devious or anything, but I wonder how much the average, um, like the average film goer, especially for like a like a blockbuster like that, like I they, don't think they would notice it. That's what I'm saying. Like they they just kind of they want music. I don't even know if they think about it. Just like if the music does the trick. Well, it's um, then... I, I I don't know if it's exactly like I. I, I guess I, I, I just don't think like if, if I'm watching Die Hard 
you know, I'm not thinking about, oh, this is an interesting film score, or, like, Bruce Willis is a good actor. Like, I'm... Like, your investment is is in different parts of the movie. Like, it's in about... It's in the stories and the action that's going on. It's in Bruce Willis being, like, a balding badass, you know, kicking Hans Gruber's butt and everything, yeah. you know? Exactly, and I think that goes to show... I mean, I think we can even take a bit broader than film scores is... You know, just the average... Like, I would love to know what the average music fan... Obviously, this isn't isn't wrong or right, or the average music listener, or just the yeah. average person. Like, what? how do they approach music? Because, obviously, we don't listen to music nearly the same way as just your, you know, your yeah. average person who... You know, they, they'll find a song on the radio that's cool, and obviously they have their CDs with vinyl from back in the day, but I... I, I think, in, in their vinyl from American Eagle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there's a huge gap between how we think about and analyze music compared to the vast majority of music listeners. I, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, I, I, it's, it, it, it's a tough subject to broach a breach. I just, just because, um, it's, it's always going to differ depending on the person, like any, tr- any wide swaths of judgments that we make aren't going to really fall, um, in the most accurate of ways. Yeah, and just to be clear, I don't mean that negatively. Like, I, yeah, I, oh I, yeah, I, yeah. No, I, think I, it's, I, it's it's I'm fascinating. With you. Like, I remember yeah. specifically there was uh, like one of my friends from high school was super super into fashion. Like, just very much into fashion. I've never. I mean, I like looking nice, but I've never been into that. And like in my mind, one day I was like, like, why do you? Why would you put so much time and effort and, and care? Like, you know, buying all those clothes and stuff like that. And then like you know the the inner inner Socrates in me was like, dude. You do the same exact thing with music. Like everyone has, <laughs> everyone has their thing. So like, I'm yeah. sure there are people who look at me and like, oh god, why would he? Tra- like, why does he care more about? You know, that, that goes along for, you know, for everything. Any, anything, yeah. It, and it's like, just, um, like, you know, example. Uh, my 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 dad is like obsessed with this Tesla. Like mm-hmm. he he loves it to the point that he's like, pretty much has his nose like firmly up Elon Musk's butthole twenty four seven, and it's and it's not annoying at all, Scott. Yeah, not at all. I, I, um, I assume not, honestly. Yeah, you but um, say that. but but it's funny because like I will end up like I've spent just a stupid amount of money on like Eurorack synthesizer, like gear pretty much, and I sometimes I'm like, man, this is this is so stupid. But then I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like every everybody has their thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, ex- exactly. And it's just when we talk about music, it's so. Uh, like when people were like, "Hey, did you check out this band?" Like I just I thought it was cool, and I'm like, "Yeah, but I, I just I really didn't like the fact it didn't feel like a very dynamic release. I didn't like the production. I thought that you know the vocalist could you know, and then they're just like, "Oh, I, I just kind of liked it. I don't know. Like yeah, see, I've, I, I mean I've I've had some I, I usually try not to go like that because I don't want to ruin you know piss off yeah like you 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 don't want to overanalyze things either. It's just yeah. you know like but I I, I do think that there's a good amount of people who just kind of listen to fill the void in a way which sounds more existential than it actually is um i i I mean just like i i think it's like something to pass the time Mm -hmm. with like you know it's 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 the audio equivalent of looking on your phone you know while you're waiting in a waiting room Mm -hmm. like it's just oh we put this on like i i know that i kind of do that with youtube sometimes like i'll be playing guitar and i'll just have like a YouTube video on, mm-hmm. uh, just just to kind of distract myself, I guess. 
which makes no sense in a way because I should be just focusing on playing guitar, but there's something very uh, calming about it. And so I, I think just not a lot of people put as much thought into it. And I, I think when you have something like the radio, where like it's just pretty much delivered to you, and you don't get a choice of what you listen to on it, you know, like I think people are just like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I, I know you know I know people who are like that with TV shows, movies. Like they're super into it. They always want to recommend me, you know, like I watch See, you know watch you know watch something new or I guess that that that's the difference. Is just I've never been like that. Like I've just like yeah, or at least what what like to a point. Like if if there's something I don't like, like I just don't watch it. Kind of like yeah. like like, and I'm I I don't but maybe it's because I've just been a very critical person for like you know most of my life. But I I, I just let like I don't know like if, if if I'm watching something that doesn't interest me, I just turn it off or like you know I I I, I try not to just watch whatever. Like I want to try to watch something that. Like, even the stuff I put on while I'm, like, playing guitar is, like, stuff that I find, like, funny or, like, you know, just fun to listen to. Like, it it has some sort of purpose other than just kind of filling space. Yeah. So. Exactly. And and honestly, it's, like, I mean, obviously, I like watching movies. It's not something I, you know, I do as often as I'd like just because, you know, Lauren and I have such different tastes that. You know, it's this is not. Yeah, you, you you still need to watch Midsommar, by the way. We do. It's funny that you yeah. you you know that I didn't watch. Like, even though we haven't talked about it for a while, you still you still know I haven't watched it. Well, because if you had watched it, you would have texted me and you would have yes. been like, "Yeah, you're right. Okay. This is like one of the best movies I've Touché. ever seen." Touche. Yeah. But it's funny because like when someone recommends me, periodically people will recommend I listen to a certain artist. I'll usually check out a song because like that's such a low stakes ass. But when people, and this is getting a little bit off topic i mean not that we're on any topic but we are um, but it's but like when people are like you should watch this series i'm like okay basically saying you should dedicate several hours of your yeah time. especially <laughs> when they frame it like the first couple seasons are really slow but it really picks up towards the end of the second I, to the third and i'm like I, so you I'm want me to total waste, agreement you want me to yeah. waste like two dozen hours of my time depending on the length of the series yeah. until like, it maybe gets good like, like, I have had so many people recommend The Sopranos to me. Yeah. And, like, you know, I believe them that, that it's a great show. But, man, I do not want to put in that time. Like, it's, like, eight seasons. Each season is, like, what? Like, ten episodes? Each yeah. episode is, like, an hour. So that's that's 80 hours right there. Like, at the very least. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know... You know like, obviously no, no thanks. you know people wonder you know people know my taste sometimes people have recommended things i've really enjoyed you know sometimes they haven't um but it's always i mean that's it's interesting how different different people respond to giving recommendations like you know we'll, we'll recommend stuff to each other we know like we're we, we'd like to consume a lot of music maybe it happens maybe it doesn't but sometimes if people recommended me things and and gotten like so upset when like i said i haven't gotten into it yet like, yeah they, they kind of put you on the clock i remember there was this um who was it it was either home wrecker or gate creeper it's one of those newer uh there's kind of a strain of hardcore bands that basically took what entune did and like made like a, a a brand of deathcore that's more along this like the metalcore hardcore yeah, yeah. Like, it's not, it doesn't actually sound like like what you think of deathcore. i i i i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and this person recommended, you know, he, um, 
he recommended it to me. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll listen to it. And like a week later, he's like, did you listen to it yet? I'm like, no. He's like, oh man, you really should listen to it. If that that happened like three or four more times until I was like, fuck, okay, fine. And I put I put it on, and I was like, this is this is fine. Like, this is okay. And then he like, got upset that I didn't like it as much. And I'm like, dude, Jesus. <laughs> like, so basically you just signed me up to, like, disappoint you. Like, I'm so, I'm so you, 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 you basically are just waiting to get mad at me. Yeah, Almost. exactly. Yeah. Like, I, it just, it's it funny. really I, funny. Yeah. I, do this, I do the same thing kind of to my sister. Like, I actually tried to get her to listen to uh, Aerostar at yeah. some point because I think it's just silly. And I think that she would enjoy it. But she yeah. never let like I've recommended how to dress well to her like a dozen times at yeah. least. Has she listened to a single song of theirs? No. no. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, I feel like when you have a, a rapport like that. But to, to me, I think it, it, it's sometimes it's a little different where like it hasn't happened super recently, but occasionally people I've gone to school with, you know, high school, college, be like, hey, like you were for a music blog, like here's my friend's band, or, like, here's my band, you should write about them. I was like, okay, first of all, that's, you know, it's a little bit of a conflict of interest. Second of all, like, why are you doing this? Because so, either, oh, so, either... so, so, so that's why you haven't reviewed any of my music on Heavy Blog, Scott. Huh? Well, yeah, I mean, as a rule, I, I try not to... I, try not to I re- get it. I get it now. Like, I, I just I feel like you can't remove that conflict of interest, but at the same time, like, people who've reached out to me for that, I'm like, so either... Like, I have to review this now. Like, that's what you expect. Like, either A, we're not going to talk again. Or B, like, I have to, I now have to, like, kind of go back on something that I, you know, a, a policy I try to hold dear. But a policy of truth, if you will, to bring it back to Depeche Mode. Exactly. Hey, we got it full circle. Very nice. Very, very Thank nice. You. Thank you. <laughs> but. Um, no, I, I, I get you. I, you know, with. I, I kind of want to backtrack for a second. Just I, I I have a little tangent. If if you'll just indulge me. Hey, we got um, we got nothing but time. Yeah, because um, we were talking about just you know sort of putting that amount of hours into a TV show, and like I have that same thing with like anime that like I I really don't want to put like I'm you know I I don't want to watch an anime that like is like thirty episodes or more long, because like that's just way too much for me like. And so, um, recently, I, I've been really interested in, in uh, reading or watching Fairy Tale. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, it's, uh, it's like it a shonen. familiar, but... Shonen manga. Um, manga, however you say it. That sounds very familiar, but I, I don't know any specifics. Yeah. So, I, I ended up, because I I ended up, well, because I, I, I don't know if you remember, like, I was a huge Naruto fan when I was a kid, and um, I always watched it, but... Uh, when I started graduate school, I had like two weeks where I did, where I, you know, there was nothing to do because classes hadn't started yet. So I pretty much just holed up in my room and read Naruto all the way through. And it has like 600 chapters in it. Wow. <laughs> like, but the thing is like, that's actually less time compared to watching the whole thing. Because like, that's 600 episodes. Like, you know, each of, each of which are 30 minutes. <laughs> wow. It's just like, like it took me so long, but but I'm on fairy tale right now, and like I, I love it so much, Scott. It it is it it might possibly my like be my favorite like manga like I've ever read. Like, wow, I I enjoy it so much. Like it, not a day goes by where I've read it that I haven't just burst out laughing because it's just <laughs> so silly at times. Um, <laughs> but you just like. The amount of episodes that like like it's it's shorter than Naruto, but it's like 
like think think about how much time you have to spend to watch that thing. Whereas like I could just read it. <laughs> yeah. Which I like. I that's why I love reading is because you sort of choose your time frame. Um, and I guess that's kind of why I like music because you know it's it it's on the whole it's kind of a shorter time frame than than movies or like TV shows that yeah you can put in the same investment but I, I think in a way you get a little more out of it or at least I, I I tend to no exactly and I think that there's a certain um, like for a while I started collecting DVDs and, and personally you know eventually I just I sold them because it's just it's not like. When I buy a CD, I, w- I will listen to it multiple times throughout oh, yeah. its lifespan. Whereas a DVD, you know, it just it just doesn't have that same kind of oh yeah um, re- replayability. I, 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 did, I did the same thing in high school. Like I, I think I still have a copy of uh, I let's see, I have copies of Altered States with John Hurt or no, I think it's John Hurt. Um, no, William Hurt. Yeah, I always get them mixed up. But I got like that. I got Dark City, Wreck Me for a Dream, Pie, like. Have I watched those movies more than once using that DVD? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and, and it, it reminds me of a paper I wrote. It was one of the first uh, for, for my communication major. Just I think the prompt was, you know, how can people play such a simple game like chess, you know, an infinite number of times, essentially? I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but they might only watch a movie once. And, like, I, I think, you know, what I came up with, and it was, was kind of like one generally right answer like what a lot of people said is because the same with music like there's just so many possible outcomes like even if you listen I, to this, well wait what it, 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 like can you just finish that thought because i i have some thoughts on yeah that. like I, I, like chess is so simple just as an analogy but then even though it's kind of the same game there are so many so many possible different outcomes and while you know music is a little bit more linear uh it's still there's so you know depending on your mood, the time, the context—you know what is what you know what's come after. There's so many different things you could possibly like. I've listened to an album, you know, albums I've, I've heard a million times again, and then gotten something completely different out of it I never got before. And I feel like with with movies, you know, you can't that can happen, but there is a very you know strict narrative that you can maybe unpack a little bit more over time. But there's still a very you know concrete you know, concrete dialogue, action, development that happens that, I don't know, people, it's like being told, it's kind of like, you know, you don't like oftentimes when people tell you the same story again, like oh, over yeah. and over again. I can't stand so, that. <laughs> so it's like, if they keep telling you the same thing over and over again, you're like, okay, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of know what's going on. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, so the, you, you had some, some thoughts? Yeah, because I think, I mean, it, I'm, I'm pretty much... I feel like I'm probably going to repeat exactly what you're saying, but with different language. But basically, like, you know, if we're going to use music as as an example, like, if you listen to a CD, that CD is already made. Like, you, there will be a start and there will be an end to it. And really, the only thing that changes with each listen is you. Like, it doesn't change. You Uh do. Yeah. Uh, Which, I, I, I guess, if you want to put live music in there it kind of breaks that equation up a little bit but um you know as opposed to like i think what makes chess interesting is that you're bringing yourself into the game yeah like it's an interactive thing that you know it's an abstract strategy game so you know its outcome is you know always you you really don't know the outcome of it um because there are so many factors at play it's like predicting the weather that there are just 
so many things at work and you're you're working with like an entire biosphere of living things that interact with each other mm-hmm. to create what is going on right now that, that, that you just it, it's impossible to fathom at all whereas you know like with you know again with like i think any sort of art like i think maybe that's why people get bored looking at like paintings and stuff like that you know it's just like because i think to some people they just look at a pollock paint they're just oh that's a bunch of fucking splotches when you know like and i think maybe it's just like you could watch a 30 minute episode of csi miami and like feel like you get more out of that and like you know maybe, maybe some people do i'm not arguing which one's better um <laughs> but i you know it's i i i think that there's just like one seems to be like trapped in time in a way and one seems to be free out of it yeah so, um yeah it's, it, it's an interesting that's actually a really interesting question though because i it, but it's also it also brings up the idea of like because I, something I always think about is, you know, sort of sports uh, as related to art in a way. Because I, I think there are some people that will argue that athletics itself is a form of art. Uh, which I, I, I can see what they mean. That, like, there's a certain, like, I think there's a certain attitude that an athlete needs to take in order to be the best in a way. Yeah. And like there's, you know, sort of the training that they do and sort of the way they end up performing based on that training is very similar to what artists do, regardless of their medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I can sort of see what they're coming from. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I don't know, like, like I just find sports and art to be so incompatible on one end. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, as an avid sports fan, I would say I, I think there's the, the clear difference you know there are some pretty obvious reasons that don't even worth diving into as to why they're, they're so I, I, alcohol and loudness is involved yeah. more heavily with one than the other well but no you, I, you rock concerts so but <laughs> I, I think you bring up an incredible point because absolutely like when you know when you just have like a beautiful um like a beautiful pitch or, or throw cat like there's so many there's so much artistry to playing the game well and obviously there's some, you know, there's exhibition games where, like, you basically get into, like, Harlem Globetrotter yeah. um, territory. Or like, it, like what... If you want to bring it back to chess, even, like, like there are famous, you know, chess games that are considered, like, works of art, or, like, some moves are considered just works of art, in a way. Exactly, because it's just, it's, you know, it's beautiful, and a lot of times it's just, it's organic, it's, it's in-game. I think that that's one of the reasons I love... I mean, yeah, sports is an extension of what I was talking about with chess. Is like, I mean, the the, the rules and the general framework of uh, basketball, baseball. Uh, I mean, basketball in general, especially. You literally are just running up and down the floor trying to put it in a little little hoop. And you know, I mean, that that's the same for every sport. You know, like hockey, you're just skating up and down the rink. Baseball, you're just you know trying to run the bases, but trying to hit a ball. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But there's so many different ways that a game can go. Like, there's just yeah. so many different ways. You know that the, the sequence of scoring, you know the way in which they score, who scores, and then obviously you have the general, um, the general framework of, of just the history of sports. You know, like obviously accumulating stats over time, like this. You know, when someone makes a comeback, and I feel like it's the same way for for music. Like something can be 
incredible for um, like I was just watching a video about um, actually unfortunately it was kind of negative it was about um, it, it's a series made by SB Nation which is owned by Vox where they do like the worst so like you know like this was the worst Peyton Manning um, game like the worst game he ever had in his career mm-hmm. and it, it was at the end of his career where he threw like a really you know routine um, four yard pass and he ended up like that you know it was a pretty boring pass but in the context of everything it uh, added up to being like the all time passing leader in the NFL ever um, so I feel like in some ways that's the same for for music like even a if you look at an artist is now on their 20th release or maybe like deep in their career they do something different or they try something simple or they you know whether like you said where you are in your life something that is relatively simple or, or something that is you know maybe just in a vacuum not that amazing just because of how you're coming to the table what you're bringing to the table and what they bring to the table makes something incredible so we're rambling a little, but yeah, but you know, they, I I kind of want to piggyback off this a little bit because I I've had this thought kind of rattling around for the last few days about um sort of because it's it's related to this just sort of this idea that music is always like if if we buy an album, it's always going to be that album like, like th- that album is never going to change in a sense yeah. like it's always going to be track one track two track three track four etc. You know. And, you know, the, the, the singer's going to sound the same every single time you listen to that one track, you know, mm-hmm. right? it, unless there's something wrong with your CD player or, you know, what have you. And it, it makes me wonder whether, like, and this is strange, and I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's just something that keeps coming to my mind that if recorded music is sort of, quote-unquote, right, if it's the right way to absorb music. Because, like, I, I, I think in a way it it feels so atemporal in a way like just in that it's like it, it's just it never changes mm-hmm. and yet you are the one who like you know i i think this is something that i actually wanted to talk about too that you know i i think a lot of the times we you know we we tend to say oh this this artist work is has gone downhill or what have you or like what happened like shabazz palaces for example was our probably our latest one but I, you know, I, I think it's important to recognize that those people and those bands are not the same people that they were before. Yeah. You know, like, like Ishmael Butler, the Ishmael Butler of 2020 is not the Ishmael Butler of 2011. Indeed. Amen. It, yeah. Amen. And, and wow. I, but, but, but I think that, that, that that's worth noting because I think when you put a name to it, like, you know, Shabazz Palaces, it comes with it like sort of this status and sort of this almost like a guarantee of quality and i i don't know how fair that is you know just because then you i i think that label is just kind of sticking to them and it's it's a label that doesn't like labels aren't supposed to stick because nothing can stick to life life is ever changing Mm -hmm. it's never going to look the same way it'll look very similar but never quite the same yeah you know and so like it, it makes me wonder whether uh, you know, recorded music is, you know, maybe the best way to listen to it. It makes me wonder whether, you know, because I, I feel like you can listen to, like, an improviser, you know, do something different every single time you hear him play at a set. But if you get his CD, it's always the same. Yeah. And I think that, that there's something there's something interesting about that. Like, and it's, it's something, like, I haven't completely unpacked, but it just 
sort of it, it 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 gets my brain juices boiling in a way. <laughs> like it it just it gives me the thinks. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and, and kind of on the. Uh, I mean, it's I guess I'll say branch. I wasn't sure what what addendum word to use, but yeah. this was something that came up with. Um, I forget which Kanye release. Why does it always come back to Kanye? But <laughs> for it's, for like, you, I, it I, always comes back to no, Kanye. No, I know. I, I try not Scott, to. You, you, you got to get over it, man. Okay, the only thing <laughs> I'll say is that usually I bring it up, bring them up as a negative example. So at least there's that. But anyway, okay. um, I forget which album. I don't think it was Yeezus. Oh, it was. I think it was Life of Pablo, where he, over the course of several weeks, started. Um, oh, editing up, it. Yeah, like uploading new versions of songs. And it was only available. I don't know if he ever released a physical version. I genuinely don't know. He might have. Yeah, I, but, I'm, I'm going to look that up while, while you talk. Yeah, so. Life of Pablo, because uh, for a while it was only available on streaming services. So you couldn't, you literally couldn't own it. And your experience with it, like you could listen to a song and then say, oh, like that, that's what a nice song. I'm going to go on with my day now. And then you come back to listen to it like the next day or even later in the day, depending on when he uploaded it. And suddenly you have, I mean, I don't think the changes he made were super material and i think there was another example of uh, i think young thug uh he completely mixed the track i think fantana made a great review on this where he liked the original version of the song but then the remix that they uploaded like i think he did a song by himself and then they remixed the track with another f- a feature and he said he didn't like the new version at all but now that was the i mean you could probably find like some version of it online but the official version is now changed and I mean, I, I think that's interesting because in some ways you could, artists could fix songs in, in a way, quote unquote, like depending on like fan reaction. But then of course you have to talk about, is that the best way to have art? Like if, if overwhelmingly fans hate the vocals or they hate the production or, you know, something like that, could you just, you know, straight up change it, you know, like on, on the, maybe not on the fly, but you, you could you could have the possibility to change something and potentially appease fans. I don't but know. The, the thing is, like, wait, I, I guess in the long run, I don't think it would make much of a difference. Like, you know, it's it, it would be like if you're making, like, a giant Lego building made out of blue bricks, and then you just take, like, after it, you're like, eh, like, this isn't quite right. And you just take one single blue brick and replace it with a red one. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's like, yeah, it's different, but, like... Like, like it, it, the, the, the changes seem minute because, like, you know, I, I feel like with an album like Life of Pablo, like, you know, Kanye has, you know, some sort of overarching vision going into it. Yeah. And I doubt he's going to change that vision. And sure. also, um, I'm looking at Discogs. There are a lot of, like, Life of Pablo, like, LPs and CDRs and stuff like that, but it all looks really unofficial. So. Interesting. Um, like, there's a lot, I, I guess, a lot of bootlegs. So. Which actually doesn't surprise me, um, just given that it's Kanye. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe he doesn't. I mean, he probably. Oh, I I I I just meant that like he's such a huge artist that people like you know it makes sense that people would want to bootleg his music. Yeah, and like honestly, I would love to know the the market for like ripped CD versions of of like someone recorded a, like a Spotify stream and then ripped it to a well, CD. I would yeah, that. The market is for that. You'd be surprised because like yeah, the, there's I some stuff. Be. Yeah, the, there's some stuff that you can't always find, you know, around. So you, like sometimes bootlegs are the only option. Like yeah. like you know, um, I for example, I, I I don't know if there's a bootleg of this, but um, 
I think there, there might be a couple unofficial versions of uh, No Wave New York. Or it's called... I, I can't remember what it's called now. No, no New York. It's the, the original No Wave compilation produced by Brian Eno. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's not exactly in huge demand, so I feel like there might... Like, I think there could have been like a couple unofficial releases of it, or... I remember there possibly being like a couple Coil albums that were like... Had like bootlegs to them, too. Um... It is interesting, kind of, to say, like, like just the whole idea of bootlegged media is really interesting, because, like, it, in a way, like, it it almost doesn't exist, in a sense, anymore, with streaming. Yeah. Like, or, I, or at I least, mean, like, it, it, I guess it existed in, like, sort of a different dimension of existence. That's something I, I really, I'd love to know how much, because, um, like, you don't really hear artists even talk about piracy anymore like you know they're their ire yeah. is drawn towards, towards... <laughs> because there are people who are legally ripping them off now yeah exactly like you know, obviously now like you know it went from piracy to a little bit of both to exclusively just off oh, streaming sucks which you know obviously streaming isn't perfect well um, did, did i ever send you that mark rebo um p uh think piece about streaming uh it I, sounds familiar I, I don't know uh, if I did, but it, it was because we were having a conversation earlier this week, sort of about Zadik. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I started on on the Zorn subreddit on uh, it was a really interesting conversation. But um, the one of the guys there linked this this piece where uh, Mark Reba, who's a frequent collaborator of John Zorn, uh, and his in in his right just a fantastic guitarist, worked with a ton of really interesting artists. Worked with Tom Waits for a long time, actually. Um, but he, uh, he mentioned just like offhandedly that like Zadik make, like, I think at the time of that writing, their budget for recording for an entire year was like 60 grand or something like that. Wow. Maybe not even that. It, and it was just like, what? <laughs> like in the amount of money that they apparently like, cause I, I guess it was the entire Zadik catalog was up on Google music for like a few like months without anybody really realizing it until somebody like tipped off Zorn and he had oh, to take it down. Yeah, and apparently like it made like you know, two dollars. <laughs> really? It was something ridiculous like that. Um uh, I, I, I'm gonna I really wanna find this thing now. Um I mean I'm I'm guessing then like you know his target demographic is just is purely gonna support him physically or, you know, yeah, it's, it's so the um it, it's called the website is called the Tricordist. It's uh it's actually a really cool um website. It's, it's sort of all about um artist exploitation uh with regard to streaming. Uh but uh the the article is called uh The Red Ink Beneath Streaming's New Dawn and this is 2018. So, you know, 2 years ago things might have changed. Um John Zorn's Zadig label has been a central institution of NYC's downtown new music scene since the early 90s. Recently, the entire Zadig catalog was accidentally, and against John's specific instructions, placed on a Google streaming network for six months. When John found out about this, he immediately withdrew the catalog. His six months of streaming had produced over 250,000 streams, generating $300 in total for the entire catalog. Note wow. that Zadig's total annual budget for recording is around sixty thousand dollars a year. 
I I mean on the one on the one hand that that's that's passive income in a way. I mean, in, you you just you have to argue, or like obviously there's the argument, how much of that would displace purchases, and you know that's that's kind of nebulous. That's 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 difficult to pin down because then you also have to, um, like how much does it displace piracy? I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many people like it, it's it's just it's tough. Like we're in a world where you just you can't replace the the enormous gap in how how many how many fewer people are buying music these days like you yeah just, I, I just you physically can't do it yeah you know what's really interesting about this? so this whole article is really interesting because he even brings up that uh like that he actually makes money off of selling physical media which you, you wouldn't think that that would be the case right mm-hmm. well like like because you're dealing with so much more in terms of you know like profit margins like your profit margins yeah, are exactly. getting thinner theoretically yeah but but for some reason you're able to make a profit off a of cd like i i just don't get how that works but then again i'm not like you know an, an economist i guess <laughs> yeah because yeah. You, you think you, i guess you just have to factor in you know the overall labor costs technology costs in terms of hosting you know some yeah. s- some means of of selling digital you know, Which is copies. like ridiculously cheap nowadays, or free, yeah, exactly. really, if you do Bandcamp. So, exactly. So you, you do that, and then, you know, you just there's a huge margin depending on how much you charge. But yeah, like when you account for how much it just physically costs to ship and. Um, but, but I guess with CDs, like you know, like when record stores buy them, they buy them by like you know they they buy them in bulk. Yeah. If I remember right. Yeah. So like, they that kind of makes sense that like oh you know you would you would get a guaranteed amount of money especially like if there are record stores that you know will sort of carry your stuff like i know like uh squidco in uh down in north carolina they're a great online store by the mm-hmm. way um like they they'll take anything that's like avant-garde you know but in like same with bonus like bonus would take I pretty pretty much any Zetic album that comes out nowadays and release it, you know there. But like, so I I I can see that how that could theoretically make money, but it just it doesn't seem like it. It just, I guess, maybe it's it's more of a safer bet than streaming, I guess. Or or perhaps like, you, people are just getting paid so little via streaming. Yeah, and, you know, not to defend a big streaming, but, I mean, at the same time, I don't really see how, like, I I don't know how much more you could boost revenue that they would pay out to artists. First of all, it's not going to come close to covering the loss, you know, people buying, you know, buying less music nowadays. But, I mean, that money has to come from somewhere, and, like, ad revenue only goes so, so far. Like, I think they absolutely should... I mean, th- th- I have no doubt that they don't pay as much as they physically could. Like, and that, that, that's just part of that's capitalism for you. Like, they're, n- they're not going to yeah. pay the full amount that they could actually afford. They're going to get by, you know, on as little as they can. And since it's such, you know, streaming is so, you know, such a part of our music consumption nowadays, people just kind of have to be on streaming. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but I know personally, if I can't stream, that, that's why, you know... I, I try to when I see like a, an affordable you know, used Zorn release whenever I go to Bull Moose or whatever I try to grab it because yeah you know like there's no other way for me to to stream it legally for the most part yeah actually so, so 
can we move this really quick? Because I, I have just one more thing I kind of want to talk about really quick. Yeah. Before we kind of sign off. Because yeah. um, speaking of Zorn, I actually got um, two more, three more, actually, the CDs in the mail this week. But two of them are really new releases. Uh, one is Baphomet, which is um, sort of the subject of that Rolling Stone article that came mm-hmm. out a few weeks ago. And it's like this almost 40-minute piece of just, like, metal, basically. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting piece. Um, but even more interesting is this other album called Calculus that he put out. That is, it's literally just two compositions. They're both piano trios compositions. And they both are around like 20 minutes each. It I was amazed by this first, like the, the first composition of, I can't, I have to look up the name, exact name of it. Um, um, but it, it was just like I, it, it was just really interesting to see Zorn after all this time still coming out with stuff that like really is is getting people's attention because like I on the Zorn subreddit like people were like really impressed by Baphomet like it was people were genuinely interested by it uh, which I, I just am just not used to I guess <laughs> that's I mean that, that sounds amazing like that sounds yeah. really, really, really. Cool. Oh, it was so cool. Um, I really want to find this now because it was like, like it, it has the possibility of being on my end of the year list. Um, yeah. The, so the first track of Calculus, it's called "The Ghost of Departed Quantities." Um, I, I was just so blown away by this thing because, like, you when you picture a piano trio, I, I think we tend to picture like jazz because it's mm-hmm. kind of like a jazz setup, and like he has surprisingly a lot of that like there's a lot of really jazzy motifs and like kind of bluesy keys throughout this piece Mm -hmm. but then it also goes into like that nor like that zorn atonality bullshit that like we all love Mm -hmm. but then other times it like you know it it just kind of runs the gamut and it's really interesting like it it feels like it, it, it it's almost like if naked city was like reduced to a piano trio and kind of matured a little bit if that makes any sense oh that sounds like, awesome yeah it was just so interesting I, I i wanted to say something last week but i think i just totally forgot um but yeah just both of those releases are, are worth looking out for um i actually bought uh both of them from bull moose actually um because i was like just i needed to get them and then the, the the other one was um uh the first filmworks um compilation that he put out which was it was interesting. Um, kind of like his most normal stuff for that time. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. That sounds yeah. really, really cool. I, yeah. I My most recent purchase was, uh, which I'm, I'm still making my way through, just because I, I want to kind of appreciate the releases I haven't heard or haven't listened to in a while. But I finished out Bjork's uh, discography. Oh, right, right. Um, except for Utopia. Eventually I'll buy it. I mean, part of the reason... You, you, I, you don't need to buy it. <laughs> I mean, part of the reason I... Honestly, like, the main reason I didn't buy it is because I, you know, A, don't don't really enjoy it. Um, but B, really expensive. Yeah. Like, like, there were no... I don't. I didn't see any used copies. You could only buy a new for, like, 15 bucks. Because, it's like, just because nobody wanted to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, 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 are, there are albums that I enjoy that I, I don't really want to spend 15 bucks on. So I was like, you know what? I'll wait till I find, like, a, yeah, a sub-$10 used copy. I, I actually get what you mean. Like, I um, I really want to buy the new Weekend album, the new Perfume Genius album. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm also trying to finish my Eurorack 
uh, setup. So I, I'm kind of making that take precedence first, uh, which is a lot more money than than either of those CDs by like many times. But um, still, <laughs> anyway. But but so you were saying though with uh, with Bjork. Yeah, so I I hadn't listened to Homogenic for a while. I mean, that's, oh god, yeah, that's excellent. Uh, first listened to Vespertine. Uh, I, I mean, I, I loved oh, you, it. You had never listened to Vespertine. Yeah, I loved it, yeah. but I just I feel like there was a lot more there for me to digest. I, I need to put it yeah. on again. But I, I was making my way through again because uh, again, you know, kind of the story of my life with Bjork is that I I go for a while not listening to them, and then when I you heard when when I listened to her again. Like this is amazing, you know. Debut, I forgot how much I love that. Obviously, you know, post we we just talked about it. Yeah. Um, homogenic. Now my best routine. Just great, great stuff. It's just it's amazing how. Like I just feel like there really are so few people that even come close to sound like she sounds. Like obviously, there's some trip hop artists you you get see some overlap, but her voice just pushes it over the edge. Like yeah, any, it, any, any, any time. The, the, that's sort of trip hop thing. I feel like it's only like her first two albums. Yeah, and then, then it obviously changes from there. It goes into really interesting electronic territory, which I'm sure at the time was, yeah. like, mind-bending. Like, holy shit, what even is this? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. any time I'm like, oh, this kind of reminds me of XYZ, her vocals come in, and you're like, oh, wow, like, that doesn't sound like Like, like anybody. Anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, except for good old Bjork. Yeah. Um, what I, I actually, because I, I, I'll tend to just shuffle through, like, a playlist of my favorites if I'm just, like, kind of just chilling out. And uh, I hunt the hunter came on a couple times, and each time I just like listening to it again, I was so really like impressed on how just detailed it is. Like I think w- the first dozen times I listened to it, you know, I I feel like I didn't appreciate it. Like the um, the drum beats that make up you know the bottom half of that song are like always felt kind of chaotic to me, but like really listening to it really honing in on it there's so much like precision going on and everything is just so like just meticulous in this presentation and it's it's just amazing so awesome yeah, yeah. all right well we're at an hour and 10 minutes uh i i think it's about time we uh we go to bed and i mean also it is just so hot in my room right yeah, now. yeah i was i was gonna say yeah. i ran out of uh today was laundry day i ran out of shorts so i'm wearing jeans right now and i am uh I'm a sweaty boy. So. I, I, I'm surprised you didn't just like do the whole thing in your underwear, but all right. I, I respect you too much. I, I feel I feel like you know. <laughs> I I, I, like I, I know. couldn't I I couldn't sense the jeans on you anyway, Scott. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's it's not like we record these with the cameras on, so I know. You know. <laughs> G- given oh, our, maybe. Given our, trouble no. with, given our trouble with internet connection, that would make it an absolute nightmare. Oh yeah, um, no, it it would it would be terrible. So. Especially as you know, obviously we're having exclusively Zoom meetings these days. When someone has like a shitty internet connection during a meeting, it's like oh yeah, it's excruciating. It, Especially it, like yeah, they're, yeah, they're like presenting. It pisses me like, off. Yeah, like, they're presenting to the whole company, and suddenly they start glitching, and then you have to oh sorry, we, oh we can't we can't. We can't hear you, but obviously it's glitching on their end too, so they can't hear what you're saying. It's just it's a it's, a, it's a mess. Oh god, I I like whenever I talk, like okay, if I'm in the same room as somebody who has their phone on, and they're trying to talk to somebody, but the other person's line is keeps breaking up, oh, and they're like, geez, "Can you yeah. hear me? Can you hear me?" Like I I want to take the phone from them, and just throw it out the window and hope <laughs> and hope I hit somebody with it. Yeah, no, I totally <laughs> just, feel like, you. 
It was just like, it, it's such a stupid, inconsequential thing to get pissed off over, but man, do I get pissed over it. We all have those things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so that is it. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with an actual episode. So See you later. <laughs> all right, bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.